Welcome to Tea Time, the podcast. I am Cassie Marina, fondly known as the Branding Queen, and I am a digital branding expert helping businesses get online and thrive doing so. I am passionate about sharing my knowledge through content creation like this podcast, online classes, and workshops as well as through the services of my branding agency to help you develop your online systems. Think of this podcast as the place to get the latest advice, strategies, tips, news, and inspiration on building your brand online using the tools available to us, but most importantly, thought-provoking content to improve your mindset to maximize on these tools and put context to day-to-day developments in the online world of business with a little bit of tea edition facts and sass because I really want you to thrive online. So thank you so much for tuning in. Let's begin. This episode is sponsored by my upcoming workshop, Roadmap to MailChimp Mastery. If you have been stressing over the ever-changing algorithm, people not seeing your posts, turning lights into sales on social media, you should have been building your list since yesterday. Or maybe you've tried and you just stuck on building it out strategically and can't quite get the nurture sequence to work out the way you'd like to. Learn the ins and outs of email marketing using MailChimp at my upcoming workshop, Roadmap to MailChimp Mastery. Just head on over to www.mybrandacademy.co. Hello, hello, hello. I'm so happy to have you back here for another episode of Tea Time. And in today's episode, I have a very special guest. Her name is Alex Beden. Alex has been truly impactful to me and my business, and I'm happy to have her on the show today. You can learn all about Alex and read her bio in the show notes and how to connect with her, because if I had to read that, this podcast will be much longer than it already is. However, I do want to insert this disclaimer that there will be dogs barking in the background and they really drive me nuts, but there isn't anything that I can do about it. So that's part of tea time, keeping it real is that sometimes you'll hear boots chirping and sometimes the dogs as well. So please bear with me in this episode. So let's get to it. Hey, Alex, you're here. I'm here. I made it. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. (laughs) Thank you so much for saying yes and for being on the podcast. It's such an honor to have you. It's an honor to be here. And I'm so excited that you created a podcast and that you, I just feel like you're such a voice for entrepreneurship. And so I'm really honored to be here. Thank you for having me. Okay. All right. So let's dive into the questions. So the first question is to basically introduce yourself, let everyone know who you are, you know, your background, where you're from, because what I absolutely love hearing is your story about, you know, being from Trinidad, living all over the world. I I feel like that's such a unique story and you tell it so well. Thank you. So hello, everyone. My name is Alex Beden and I was born in Trinidad, 
Trinidad and Tobago, but on the island of Trinidad. <laughs> and I lived here for a year. And then my dad had a job that moved me and my family around on average, like every year and a half. So I spent my childhood kind of bouncing from country to country to country to country. But the four main places that I grew up in were Trinidad, Venezuela, the United States, and England. And so those were like the main places that I grew up in. And when I was 18, I mm. went to university and I was studying marketing. I was actually studying management with marketing in London, in England. And um, at the end of my university, I was just kind of like, I really don't want to go and get a real job. <laughs> <laughs> so, and at the time, I was so passionate about photography. And I guess what really, what really kind of captured my imagination was this idea of doing what you love for a living. My mom always told me growing up, she was like, if you just do what you love for a living, you will all like the money will always find you. So just really focus on finding what it is that excites you and lights you up. And at the time for me, that was photography, which yeah. to make a very long story short, um, it, it, it led me to starting to sell digital products online, which yeah was amazing for me because I was like, oh my gosh, you can just like make money online and I have a digital yeah. product. I can sell it as many times as I want. Mm. And so that was absolutely amazing. Um, and that really came through me blogging and putting myself out there, et cetera. And then I took that photography business, the photography online business, and I brought it to a point where we made six figures in one year, zero spent on advertising. It was just me. And that's wow. when people started to be like, okay, how are you doing this? And I would get people messaging me and being like, would, would you coach me? Can you teach me? And oh, so okay. I, yeah, so I started to lean more into business coaching and online business coaching and marketing coaching. And that is what has led me today to hmm. doing what I do now. I've, I've basically taken everything that I'm good at and decided to focus in on helping people tell their stories online. Because if I look back at like, the one running thread throughout my entire career has been, I'm just really good at putting myself out there online. I'm really good at telling my story and building real connections with people online. Yes. And people buy from people they know, like, and trust. And trust. And so, yeah. So that's what I teach now. And that's what I focus on. And right now for me, that looks like teaching Instagram stories. And I have a service where every day you get delivered an Instagram story prompt. So you know exactly what to post for your business. Mm. And so yeah, I, did you do a good job of putting that into a nutshell for you? <laughs> yes, 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 you did. Because um, I wanted you to give, you know, the listeners the entire spiel from photographer to business coach to online offerings, because what I want people to take away is ultimately the importance of like an online business and how possible it is for almost anybody to get into and that it's not this scary thing and I love that you touched on being able to build connections online through your focus these days Instagram stories that you can find real people online that you can build connection um just last was last week last no earlier this week I met somebody I I met them up in Starbucks by pure accident 
um, someone that I met online and we, it just so happened that we had similar interests because she shared something that she was afraid to share. And she's like, well, people think I'm crazy. And I actually made a reference to you because you said you feel more comfortable to put yourself out there online because there's a greater chance of finding more like-minded people than being yourself in real life. Like, you know, there's less people who might get you, but online there's such a wide net of people who get the things that you're into, you know, the woo-woo stuff. Like some people would be like, oh, are you crazy? <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. that's what she shared, something along that line. And then we were like in Starbucks, she's talking like all things manifestation. And it was like, yeah, these are not conversations <laughs> that we could have on an average day-to-day basis. So I, I second everything that you said about meeting like-minded people online and building connection yeah and finding your people and finding your community and Mm. it's exactly like what you said when you are creating content and putting yourself out there online what's interesting is that if you're with someone in person like they have to kind of see it through because they're with you like if you're out to dinner or if you're spending time with friends like they kind of have to sit there and listen to you the yeah. beauty of online is that if someone's not interested in whatever Instead, you're saying, just they can just on. leave. Yeah. <laughs> they do not have to keep watching your video or whatever. And that's exactly what you were saying is that it allows you to segment your audience and really connect with the people who are meant to connect with you. So in a way, actually online supports you to build connections even more than you would in person. Because I actually had this conversation with a friend yesterday. Like in person, you feel this need to patronize the person and like sit there and be like uh-huh mm, yeah but online you just have you could keep it moving keep scrolling if you don't like it yeah you don't you don't have to you don't have to stay in a conversation <laughs> if you don't want to be in that conversation and i think it it just yeah. allows for at least for me when i look at the people that i've met and the people who are my close friends as an adult mm. i've met so many great people because of the content that I put online and I've made so many real friends through the content that I've made online. So yeah, it, it goes beyond just business, which I think is part of the beauty of it as well. Yeah. I second that. So that's one of the great things about online and well, online, well, digital business and online business. What would you say are some other reasons to start an online business? Well, firstly, I just love that I can be at home most of the time. Like I'm such a homebody. I love being at home. (laughs) So I love the fact that like I don't have to be anywhere or be dressed a specific way. It just allows for so much freedom and flexibility. If I know that I have, I don't know, if I, if I want to go and do something in the middle of the day, I can decide to like switch up my, my, my work schedule a little bit more. Um, so even though I think being a business owner definitely gives you freedom, I think being an online business owner, it's like, yeah. Yeah. And then besides just that, I think the, especially if you're selling digital products in your online business, the fact that really it just comes down to like, how good are you at marketing and sales? I love that. Like, I love that I can just keep trying to improve my skills in those areas and I can sell as many, like right now I have project storyline. It doesn't matter how many of those I sell. I'm never going to run out of project mm. stories. Also, I could really welcome in thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people. <laughs> yeah. It really just takes the ceiling. It's so scalable. Your income. Yeah. Right. 
So true. And that's like digital products on a whole. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those things as well for anyone who's uh, listening who thinks like, maybe you have an offline business. Cause I know a lot of people have like a, a local business or just a business that they maybe would like to take online. This is something that you can lean into. Like even when I was a professional photographer, this, to be honest with you, was just something that I was kind of like, oh yeah, it would be cool to, to sell something online. And I just put it out there, not really expecting much. And it really picked up and, and, and took off. And so I think even if you're just getting started, just knowing like, this is something I'm committed to and I'm going to focus on this. You need to give yourself years. Like it, I'm not going to lie to you and sit here and be like, oh yeah, it can happen overnight. The reason it happened so quickly for me is because I was blogging for so long beforehand. So by the time I came out with something, I already had an audience. So yes, you do have to build an audience, but Mm. it's something that you can slowly but surely ease your way into. It doesn't have to be something that like pressure on to happen straight away. Okay. So before I get into the next question, as you mentioned, blogging, um, I'm trying to get through to like my clients and customers, the importance of blogging because people get their websites, but then they're kind of slow with the blogging part. How important would you say is blogging and how long were you blogging before, you know, you had that success? I must've been blogging for two years, Mm. uh, quite, quite regularly. I think what, what's important about blogging is that you are essentially sharing with people your expertise and really allowing yourself to build yourself as an authority. Mm-hmm. When people buy from you, they want to know this is the authority in this, whatever your niche is. This is yeah. someone who I can trust. They want to feel that you're passionate about it. Like people want to work with passionate people. And if you're not opening mm-hmm. your mouth and sharing your expertise and sharing your passion in a way that works for you, you're really missing out. So whether it's like you decide, okay, I'm going to commit to once a week, I'm going to write a blog post and that's that. Or maybe it's once a month. I really don't care what it is as long as it's consistent. Having Mm. something on your blog is going to be way better than having nothing on your blog. And I think a lot of times people overestimate how long it's going to take. Like I always tell people, I'm like, listen, just dedicate four hours a month to creating one great piece of content. Like just start with that. Like if you're really overwhelmed by it, just say, okay, I know blogging is important and it's going to help me with search engine optimization. It's going to help me be more findable for my clients whenever they Google, whatever it is. If you know those things and you know it's going to be beneficial, why like just why not do it? Yeah. Yeah. It's only going to be beneficial. Once a month sounds very doable. I mean, and when you think about the long term, um, return on investment versus, you know, you could spend so much money on Facebook ads. I mean, some people are on a small budget. They have no budget. You just need to invest in one blog post a month. Mm -hmm. You have nothing to lose. You have nothing to lose. It's going to help people find you. And when people do find you, it's going to help people actually be like, oh, this person legit knows what they're talking about. So to me, it's just like a win-win. And four hours a month, like anyone who tells me they can't find four hours a month, I'm like, watch less Netflix. (laughs) (laughs) Get less sleep. Like figure, find four hours. It's not not that difficult. (laughs) I agree. Okay. So the next question, which you would love. So since since you're the Instagram stories queen, can you put into perspective, how does Instagram stories support all of this? Yes. So I like to think of Instagram stories as 
it's kind of like the easiest, best way to keep in touch with people. People love Instagram stories right now. Like if your ideal client is on Instagram, they are watching Instagram stories. Instagram knows that stories are super efficient and people are watching them. Like they're investing more and more of their resources into stories. We're now seeing stories in the newsfeed. We know statistically that because of stories, people are spending more time on Instagram. And so when we look at how many people are watching Instagram as marketers, because if you run your own business, you need to look at yourself as a marketer. Mm -hmm. That is where people's attention is. So if we know that people's attention is there, my argument is that we should really be showing up there on a regular, consistent basis, adding value, and most importantly, building our relationship with our ideal clients. Now, I look at Instagram stories as more of a place to warm your, your clients, like people who have found you. Maybe they don't know quite exactly who you are or what you do. This is like the perfect place to let them in behind the scenes to show them exactly who you are, what you're all about, what it is that you do. I don't recommend using it as a place to sell every single day. Like I wouldn't say if if you have a ton of products, like don't be talking about your products all the time. Mm -hmm. But I do think that there is a space, you know, like five, 10% of the time to be mentioning your products and to always be kind of bringing it back in. I think a lot of times we as business owners think, oh, I don't want to talk about my product again. I've already spoken about it yeah. so much. It's actually not true. Like most of the time, when, whenever you talk about your product, chances are very high that not everyone saw it. It's true. <laughs> and so, yeah. And, and sometimes people forget what you offer. All the time. Yeah. So it's, it's like they're so engaged into your stories, but then it's like, oh yeah, she does that. Which is why it's so important to constantly reintroduce yourself, remind people of exactly what it is that you offer and talk about it with pride, you know, like showing up. And this is even something for me that I want to start working on more. So I, to give everyone context, I have two products. One is not available year round. Mm -hmm. So for one project storyline, we launch it a few times a year. And when we do launch it, I go to town, as you know, I'm like, Screaming about it from the rooftops for like 12 days. There's 12 days <laughs> going, you know? So I'm like sharing testimonials and I'm doing the countdown and I'm talking. I think to- you're also the launch queen. <laughs> I know. I think so. It's funny. I told that to someone the other day. I was like, I'm not just the Instagram stories queen. I'm also the launch queen. But so I'm going and going and going for 12 days and really sh- screaming about it from the rooftops for my Instagram stories. Like I'm going ham. And then we've got Gram Slam, which is my online course all about Instagram stories. And that course is actually available year round. Mm. And, I, and a major like area of improvement for me is making sure that I am regularly mentioning Gram Slam and that I'm regularly sharing testimonials. It's available all the time. You know, right. so me throwing in every so often and being like, hey, go and check out Gram Slam or like, here's a testimonial from Gram Slam not going to hurt is only going to remind people of what I have to offer. And people who have just found us are more likely to buy from us. So what's interesting is I just did the analytics for Project Storyline. Oh, that's interesting. Most of the people, I can't remember the exact stat, but most of the people who joined Gram Slam had only just found out about me in the past month. Wow. So interesting for real. Yeah. So it's good to, to continue to build that relationship and to warm up your people, but also bear in mind that, and think about yourself, like whenever I find someone who I become obsessed with mm. online, I'm mm-hmm. obsessed with them for maybe three months. 
okay, cool. I got what I needed. I've learned yeah. everything from them. And then you move on and you kind of grow and you find someone new to be obsessed with and inspired by, you know? Yeah. And that's yeah. a normal part of the cycle. But as business owners online, we need to understand the cycle too. And we okay. need to understand that we really have a 90 day window to we have to capitalize on it. Correct. Correct. Right. You have to capitalize on it. You want to make sure that you're offering people like when people sign up to your newsletter list, are they being pitched to multiple times in that 90 day period in a way that feels natural and in a way that feels like you're giving them value at the same time? It's an interesting balancing act. It's like this beautiful dance of you need to be giving them value and you need to be making your emails and content something that they look forward to. Right. And simultaneously, you need to be asking for the sale. Definitely. How good yeah. do you think? I don't know if I am I allowed to ask you a question? <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> Go ahead. So my question for you is how good do you feel that you are at reminding people of what you offer on Instagram stories and actually asking for the sale on Instagram stories? Oh, I love that question. <laughs> okay. So it's something that's a work in progress. I know I'm definitely not there yet, but I'm getting better at it. Like the shame of like showing up to ask for the sale isn't there like it used to be because now I recognize, listen, this is a business and you know, we're not just here showing up, giving value without a purpose. You know, yes, we do want to help you, but we also, as a business owner, it's my duty to ask for it. And it's something that I always have to remind myself to do. I think it's more of a reminder, more so than it's hard. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's what it is for me too. But watching you, because I've known you for years and looking at how you've grown as someone who tells stories on Instagram... I feel like you have such a confidence about you now and like you, you seem so grounded in your message and in the value that you bring to the world. And that is such a beautiful thing to see. Thank but you. yeah, the sales side of things on Instagram stories is interesting. I feel like that may be my next project. <laughs> <laughs> like let's focus on sales on Instagram stories. <laughs> That's, that sounds good. <laughs> Um, I think so too. <laughs> like you just have a lot of good stuff coming out when it comes to like Instagram stories. And I think it just kind of boils down to you're so good at storytelling. And I know you have a passion for storytelling. So now that we have this outlet specifically called stories, you're just thriving in it. Thank you. Yeah, it's interesting because, you know, Steve Jobs, I don't know if you've seen his, he gave this speech at some school for some graduation. And one of my favorite lines from his speech was, you can't connect the dots looking forwards. You can only connect the dots looking backwards. And like now that I'm 10 years into my career, I can look back and be like, the one thread that's gone through everything is like, I'm storytelling. With photography, I'm storytelling. Right now, I'm storytelling. Like it's all about sharing your story, telling your story and being proud of who you are and putting yourself out there. So yeah, it's interesting. Okay. So there was something you mentioned earlier and it was about, I think you said emails. You kind of touched on emails a little bit and I want to bring up a not so great memory on how important email is, how it impacted your business because YouTube was a big part of your career. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I'll tell that story. So 
back in 2000, I think in 2010 or 2011, I created my YouTube channel. And the reason I created it is because my sister was like, Alex, video is the next big thing. You need to be on YouTube. And I was like, okay. So I started making these videos. And of course, my first ones are like super embarrassing. I'm just like, hi, I'm Alex. I remember that. I was just so shy. I know. I was so timid and um, I I had this channel for like seven, eight years and I think it was seven years I had the channel. We had 1.9 million views, 30,000 subscribers, more than 200 videos. Mm. I'd gotten into a really good habit where every single week I was putting out new content and had a really strong following there. Mm. Now, unfortunately... (laughs) Um, in 20, I think it was at the end of 2018, if I remember correctly, what are we in now? 2019? No, it must've been the end of 2017. Anyway. It was. Yeah. I think it was end of 2017, beginning of 2018. I got an email from, um, Google and they're like, Hey Alex, you have this email address. It was my photography email address. They're like, you have this email address. You're not using it anymore. Can we delete it? I'm like, yeah. Like if I'm not using it, they said I hadn't used it in more than a year. I was like, yeah, if I'm not using it, for sure, delete it. Now, what I didn't know was that that account was linked to my YouTube channel. And the reason why I didn't realize that is because I was logging into my YouTube channel from a separate email address. So I had, in my mind as well, it's like, if I'm posting regularly to my YouTube channel, how can you say that that email is inactive? <laughs> anyway, so they delete yeah, my that email. Was so weird. I wake up one day and my YouTube channel is gone, like completely gone, dust in the wind, seven years of hard work, gone, 200 videos, gone. This was my number one lead generator, (laughs) gone. And I just remember being like, of course, fear. I'll never forget it. Like I was in the office, Nick at the time we were sharing an office, he was on the other side of the room Mm. and I just like had my hands in my head and he was like, what's wrong? And I was like, my YouTube channel is gone. (laughs) (sighs) and I was I mean I tried everything I called YouTube called Google Google was blaming YouTube YouTube is blaming Google obviously there was something on the back end of communication between the both of them that obviously wasn't Wasn't working working. yeah Um, I then got in touch with people who worked at YouTube and people who said they would be able to help and basically what it came down to is that everyone who said that they might be able to help were not able to help and I just got to a point Cassia where I was like You made peace with it. Yeah. I'm surrendering this and I'm trusting that this is happening for me and not to me. And this is a really big lesson in life and business. Like whenever anything seemingly bad happens, Mm -hmm. I just like to take the, the viewpoint of, you know what? I trust that this is in my benefit and that this is not harming me. This is only helping me. And of course, like, I'm not going to lie. I was depressed. Like I... I was super, super low. I remember I would go in the shower and I would just talk to myself and I'd be like, Nick, I'm going to go in the shower and I'm just going to cry and talk to myself because that's what I need right now. So please Hmm. don't think I'm crazy. (laughs) It was definitely like I had to go through that grieving period Hmm. of letting it go. And also the concern, like all of my leads are coming from YouTube and now they're not anymore. But the silver lining was that at the end of every single video, I would end by saying, if you enjoyed this video and you want more of where this came from, please sign up for my email list. You can sign up for free at alexviplist.com. That's how I ended all 200 videos. So even though I lost my YouTube channel, anyone who is really a fan or anyone who's really a follower or anyone who was really 
caring about me would have gone on the the list and hopefully will have seen my videos so many times that they would have remembered the list off by by hearts. (laughs) And um, so I just really relied on my email list at that period of time. And I decided, you know what, I'm taking this as a sign because to be honest with you, for the longest time on my YouTube channel, I had been struggling with that feeling of inspiration and momentum. And I know what it feels like to be like in the zone and feeling like you're in flow. Yeah. Your head is in the game. Everything with YouTube was starting to feel hard and it was starting to feel like a drag. And like, I didn't want to set up my camera and I didn't want to get ready and blah, 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 blah. And for about, I would say two years previous to losing my channel, I had this idea of a podcast in the back of my mind and it was like flirting with me. And I'd always be like, Mm -hmm. I have this YouTube channel with 30,000 subscribers. Why would I start from scratch on a podcast? Right. You're trying to figure out the strategy and how it would work together if you were going to maintain two. Do I stop doing one? Yes. Yeah. And the truth is at that point in time, it was just me and my business. Maybe I, maybe I had Catherine at that point who was working with me. So it was me and maybe one other person. There was no way we could have handled a YouTube channel and a podcast. It would have just been like, I would have had to definitely press pause on the, on the YouTube channel anyway. So the YouTube channel disappeared and I decided I'm going to start my podcast and that's what I did. And now the podcast is getting more views. Like every single podcast episode gets more listens than I was getting on each video on YouTube. So it worked out. (laughs) (sighs) <sighs> yeah. But the important part is get people's email addresses yes. because what yeah. I was able to do is then launch my podcast to my email list. So I already exactly. had an audience. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's what I was now going to say. Now you have your whole list of people, your loyal following because your real loyal following are those who would have watched the video and signed up, not just watching whenever. And now they know, okay, you have a podcast. And I mean, the reason why I ask this question is so that people can understand that, you know, these platforms are rented land and Mm -hmm. you really need to capture people's information. It's not just about having a website because, you know, the website goes hand in hand with your email list so that you can always keep in touch with them. Yeah. And you know what's funny, Cassia? So on my podcast, I actually never tell people, come and sign up for my email, my email list. You know, I didn't notice that. <laughs> and now I'm, I'm now a year, a year and a few months in. And all of a sudden I'm like, hold on a second. What's going on? <laughs> how have I completely forgotten? This. Yeah. So now moving forward very soon, we're going to start putting that call to action. Because, and here's the thing that I want everyone listening to take away. Whenever you're spending time on anything in your business, you need to be clear on what it is that you're getting from this activity. And so we need to maximize what we're getting, especially when we're creating free content, like what you're doing right now on the podcast, like be very clear about, okay, I'm creating this podcast because number one, obviously I want to build a relationship. Number two, it's a very intimate way to connect with people. Number three, I want to show off my expertise and my authority and I want people to associate me as the go-to person for whatever. Mm. And number four, I want to get their email address so that I can sell to them. (laughs) (laughs) very clear on what your objective is for this and what's the next step once you've achieved that objective like okay they know you're the authority on this they got this value what now yeah yeah amen (sighs) 
Hey guys, this is a quick break in the show just to remind you that if you've made it this far, that you must be enjoying it. So if you're enjoying this episode and you found any value to it, please share by screenshotting and posting it to your social media, specifically stories, because you know, that's my jam. And tag me and let me know that you shared it or what your takeaway is. So one of the, the things that I have here that I mentioned is the whole quote that, you, that really kind of takes you through any low point or something that seems to be a problem is that you live by that I absolutely love as well is nothing happens to you, it happens for you. So with that being said, I kind of wanted you to share some of like your mindset tips that you would want to share. Yeah, so for me... Okay. I'm going to preface this. I think there's two types of entrepreneurs in the world. I think there are sensitive entrepreneurs and I think that there are not sensitive entrepreneurs and I'm going to kind of differentiate them so that you know the difference. Okay. So a sensitive entrepreneur is someone who is prone to self-doubt and is prone to overthinking Mm. things and is emotional is very attached to their emotions and very in tune with their emotions. The sensitive entrepreneur is very intuitive. The sensitive entrepreneur is sensitive, like just incredibly sensitive. The non-sensitive entrepreneur is someone who's like, they're not very um, attached to their emotions. It's just like, I got to get done what I got to get done and I'm going to finish it. They're not sitting there second guessing themselves. They're most likely not undercharging. They're most likely not struggling with all of like the confidence issues. They just go and get things done. Right. And so I think when it comes to mindset, um, a lot of times for me, because I've always been a sensitive entrepreneur, I've always kind of felt a little bit ashamed of the mindset side of things because I've been like, uh, I don't know, it's, it's like you said, it's kind of woo-woo and it's kind of like, mm-hmm. it's un, you can't measure it, right? So there's yeah. almost like a, a, people kind of lean into not wanting to talk about it because if you can't measure it, it's not important. However, okay. however, <laughs> For sensitive entrepreneurs, I think it's vital. Yes, I think your mindset and your energy and your vibe is one of the most important things that you can take care of and prioritize in your business. And I would say that for me, it's like the number one thing that I prioritize is how I'm feeling and what my mindset is whenever. And the thing is, it's a practice, right? It's an ongoing practice. And I remember, like for me now, it's easy to say, oh yeah, I'm positive and whatever. I've created a lot of success in my career. And so it's, it takes less work for me now. But I remember how many years ago now, like five, six years ago, when I was halfway to where I am now, really struggling with the mindset side of things and really like not, I wasn't making any money and I wasn't, I didn't have as many clients as I would have liked and I was struggling and it's easy when you're in that struggle mode to kind of let it drown you. And it's your job as the entrepreneur to learn how to overcome that and to learn how to be like, I'm not going to let this drown me. Mm -hmm. I'm going to figure this out. And so for me, that mantra, everything is happening for me and not to me, allows me to learn how to um, pivot. Every single time something doesn't go my way, I pivot. And it leads me to the next thing that is going to bring me more success or that's more better suited towards me. Um, So I'll give you two examples. 
Um, the first one is one of my favorite examples. I actually went to the grocery store. Um, this was probably six or seven years ago. And I piled my grocery cart high as the heavens. <laughs> and I went out through checkout and she like rang everything up and there's a long line behind me. And I go to pay and she, I don't have enough money on my card. Like I cannot pay for my groceries. Hmm. And, of, and of course, I'm like so ashamed because there's so many groceries and I'm in a long line and I just wasted everyone's time. And so I was like, and like um, it's all so embarrassing because everyone's waiting. So yeah. embarrassing. And it's like, what do you do? Do you just leave all your groceries there? Do you, I, I mean, I, I, I don't know. So anyway, so I was just like, uh, I'm really sorry. I'm, I, have, I, I was just like, I have to go. So I left and I went into the parking lot and I got in my car and I just cried and cried and cried. And I felt so embarrassed and I felt ashamed and I felt dumb. How do you not know that you don't have enough money to pay for groceries? Like, how are you so disconnected from your finances that you don't even know how much money is in your bank account? And it was just this moment of like defeat. Like I am the loser. It doesn't get worse than this. I can't even afford to buy food right now. And it was weird because as I drove out of the grocery store, I'll never forget just feeling like this is temporary. This is a story that one day you are going to retell. This is making you stronger. This is something that you have to go through because it's like, it's weird. It's like, I always believe every time something bad happens, this is happening so that you can teach about it. This is happening so that you can learn to overcome it. This is happening so that you can ultimately help more people. And when you start your life like that, no matter what the circumstances, things change because you start to see things as ways to help you better serve your people. And that's really like what I'm passionate, what you're passionate about. Like we want to serve. That's why we're here. And so that's one quick mindset shift for you. If you really feel down and you really feel like you're struggling and you really can't figure it out is just like knowing that there's a bigger picture and that you are being led in the right direction. And then also on repeat, I would always tell myself, I am surrounded by abundance. Money flows to me with ease. And just like trying to let that be my like subconscious Mm. level of thinking. Right. Even though my bank account was like negative. (laughs) (laughs) So that's the the first story. Um, The second story, what was the second story that I wanted to tell you about mindsets? Oh, just with it, it, when I look at the last three years of my business, what's so interesting is that at every point where I didn't sell as many as I wanted to sell, or I didn't, um, something didn't go the way I wanted it to go. Every single time that happened, it made me, it forced me to pivot, pivot, pivot. Mm. So like when I, I launched the Spark Lounge, which you were a part of, yeah. and I loved the Spark Lounge. It was epic. It was an amazing community. And I'm very, very proud of what we did there. But the truth is I sold a third of what I had wanted to sell. And so we ended up breaking even on that. Like there was no profit in the business made from that, which is definitely not a success story. And mm. so from there, I had to say, well, I need to make money. Like if, if the business is going to keep going, I need to make money and I need to make money quick. I did not want to be the Instagram stories girl. And everyone was asking me about Instagram stories at that time. And I was in the space, Cassia, where I was like, I'm surrendering to whatever the hell anyone wants for me. And if I'm getting this many messages about Instagram stories, I'm going to create a course about Instagram stories. And that's what I did. And it was my most successful course up until that period of time. And 
So from there, I just went launching again and again, gram sum, gram sum, gram sum. At which point I was like, something's wrong here because launching is exhausting. I would like to see my business, like, instead of it being like, lots of money, nothing, lots of money, nothing. I want it to feel more stable and I want to have more of like passive income. And Mm. so that's why I, from that need and from that desire of wanting to bring more stability in, I was like, okay, let's flirt with the idea of membership sites and what kind of membership site could I have and what could I offer and how could I tie it into Instagram stories, which is how Project Storyline came about which is a daily Instagram story prompt. So I launched that and that has been a game changer for my business and really helped bring so much more stability to the business. And you can look back and say, well, the Spark Lounge was a fail. Ground Slam was still in a, like a launch. Uh, launch type product. Yeah. So yeah. It w- in a way, it wasn't selling enough to really be long lasting. So yeah. that was a fail. <laughs> But every little fail is a pivot into the right direction that leads you into a more positive space. So, yeah, I think it's all about mindset. And a really good thing about mindset, Cassia, is who you spend time with. Oh, wow. Yes. Who it's you spend so time true. with. Yeah. Who, who you're – even, like, for me, when I joined this mastermind, like, it was game-changing for me. Like, join a mastermind. If you haven't joined a mastermind, if you're not meeting with business owners who are on your level or above you – something's wrong. Whew, that is so many gems in like one tight space of time. It was so, so good. I love it. I'm glad. I'm so because happy. I, I love the podcast. I love following your journey because even though the time of this park lounge has, is up, it's like you continue to nurture me and coach me and you don't even realize because I'm following along your lessons and I'm picking up and reading in between the lines. It's like, oh, okay, so that didn't work. So she did this and I'm always looking for the lessons of how I could apply it to my business without even asking the question. And that's why like, I enjoy following your launches. Um, um, there's two reasons why I enjoy following the launches, but for right now, I listen to the podcast, so I, I get the insights, and it's just like some of the things I've realized on my own, you've realized too from that failure or things not going according to plan, but in a much bigger, more impactful way, because it also lets you know like you're not alone. Like yeah. those who that you think are just having it all or so much bigger than you, probably not having this problem you realize they are having similar issues just on a bigger scale. Yeah. Yeah. And that to me, that's why I love the podcast so much is because I've always wanted to be the type of entrepreneur, like I'm dealing with business owners and I want us to all be learning together and growing together. And I think there's so much to learn from like when people share the nitty gritty details and when people are sharing what went right and what went wrong and I wish that more people were doing that online because it really is so beneficial to everyone. So I'm glad that you're reading between the lines. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people aren't that intelligent, but there's so <laughs> much. It's true though, because I think a lot of people just kind of see that I'm posting a lot of content, but they're not necessarily paying attention. Yeah. But when you start paying attention, like there's so much value in all of it and in, in like all the different puzzle pieces of it. So it's, it's so cool that, that you're benefiting and that you're able to enjoy it because that's why I create it I am like a lot of what you mentioned um I loved when you touched on the spark lounge and how that wasn't like a success 
And that's why I really, really loved the last episode and the email that you sent out because it was like, I can relate to this yeah. and I can relate to the whole, you have to pivot, pivot, you tweak and you tweak and it's okay. And in the moment, we don't realize that it's okay that we have to fail in order to move forward. Um, one of the things I took away from the Spark Lounge is we take too long to fail. Yeah. <laughs> Fail fast. And we analyze and we analyze because the objective is no, I have to get it now and it has mm -hmm. to run perfectly. And it's like, no, forget all of that. You just have to do it. Do it, run, find your clients, sell, 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 sell. sell. <laughs> <laughs> because ultimately, like, we're business owners and we need to be making money. And what's cool as well about my journey is that I realize that a lot of times it just takes the right offer you know, like figuring out like, what is that right offer that people are really hungry for? Uh -huh. And then coupling the right offer with being in front of your ideal clients. Cause if you're not in front of your ideal clients, but you have the right offer and no one knows you exist. Yeah. So actually audience is a very important part of yeah. the mix. Um, what for those who are listening, I know we are talking about pivoting, failing and all of these very scary things. And I know a huge part of what keeps people back, including myself, is not just the actual like the failure, but more what people will see. How is this going to look? That embarrassment. What would you say to those who are worried about what are people going to think? It has nothing to do with you. As soon as you can realize that when you are in your human body and you are trying to experience the highest level of growth and the highest level, you're trying to be of the highest level of service, what other people have to say has nothing to do with you. And you thinking about it and you wondering what are they going to say and how is this going to look? you're only creating more resistance to actually achieving that highest level of growth and that highest level of service. So if you really prioritize your growth and service, what people say and what people think is just not going to be an issue. Even with the spark lounge, like the spark lounge was something that I could have easily been like, I'm a failure. Here I am teaching marketing and sales and I only sold a third of what I wanted to sell. What are people going to say? What are people going to think? You know, like I, that could have taken me down a very bad path, but the way that I chose to see the spark lounge was everything is happening for me and not to me. So cool. I only got 30 people to sign up and I didn't get a hundred people to sign up. What does that now allow me to do that? I would not have been able to do before. It allows me to connect with these people on a much deeper, more personal level. It allows me to focus in on their results as opposed to feeling overwhelmed by like a million different people. And also because it was the first time that I was running the Spark Lounge, I can now look back and say, thank God that a hundred people did not sign up because dealing with 30 people was insane. I cannot imagine what it would have been like dealing with a hundred people for the very first time. Mm -hmm. So when you start to really understand everything's happening for me, not to me, and I don't care what anyone says. I don't care if anyone was like, who does she think she is? She, she only sold 30, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Zero Fs given. Like I, I really don't care because I know that I'm on my journey. I know that I'm committed to being the best that I can be. I can't really imagine a situation in which someone could say something that, that should affect you. 
Right. You know, because you should just be focused on you. And people are going to talk. Let me tell you that's something. True, that's especially true. In, especially in Trinidad. <laughs> <laughs> Trinidad is so small. People are going to talk. And I know people talk about me. I know people are probably like, oh my gosh, she's so annoying. Did you see her stories? She was dancing. <laughs> Why was she dancing in her kitchen and, and posting on Instagram? Did you see her Instagram story? She was crying on her Instagram story. <laughs> Who does that? Like, I can just hear them. And in my mind, I'm like, I'm building something. What are you doing? <laughs> I love it. Literally. That was so perfect. That's just like <laughs> the nail on the head. And it, it applies to anybody, anywhere in the world who lives in a small town. Yeah. And there's lots of, there's lots of people who live in a small town who feel that stifling energy of, if I show up, what are people going to say? And I'm just encouraging you to really not care because that's only holding you back. It's only keeping you small. And you can feel in your being that you're not supposed to be small. Otherwise you wouldn't have, yeah, you wouldn't have the desire or the thought or the little inkling that it might be something fun. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was so good. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for the great question. (laughs) That was a good one. Uh, All right. So here's the other reason why I love following your launches. The inspiration to show up with the energy. My question for you is, how do you do it? How do you show up with so much energy? Because I know you're aware that people say they love your energy, you know, your masterclasses, even when it's not like a launch, you just show up with such vibrance. And it's like, where does she get it from? What is her source for this energy? Because I mean, I know as an introvert, like I have bouts of this energy where I just feel a beat. But how do you tap into it as a resource? Like I I look at you in amazement and I think, where does she get it? And the other thing I think about is, um, I can't remember, but how do you do it? The first thing I want to be honest about is that I've always had a lot of energy. I think it comes very naturally to me. I think it's in my personality type. So that's the first thing to acknowledge. Um, The second thing to acknowledge is that I've been putting myself out there for a very long time. So I'm super comfortable online. Um, It's like we were talking about my first video. I didn't have a lot of energy in that video. I was very timid and I was like, hi. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So there's that growth as well of just the fact that I've been doing this for so long and I've been showing up for so long. Thirdly, I know that in a launch, it is my job to hold your attention. And it is my job to try to reel you in as much as I can. And different people do that in different ways. For me, the way that it comes out is just like, I'm just so energetic and I'm so passionate. And I'm just like, I mean, you've seen me, like I'm just intense. Mm. After I go live, I'm like a hermit. Like I'm like, Nick, don't talk to me. (laughs) You can come rub my back if you want. (laughs) Yeah. But I need to like sleep and nap and really like when I'm not live, I'm recharging. Right. Um, another thing is I make sure to eat eating and drinking during a launch. Like I remember back in the day, I would just kind of starve myself because I'd be so busy. I'd forget to eat. I never forget to eat anymore. I have meals delivered. I, I'm not going to forget to eat because I know that if I don't eat, I'm just not going to show up my best. And to, and to be well hydrated as well. Like those are two very simple and easy things. 
And then I think as well, I'm just so committed and focused on my goal and what it is that I want to accomplish. It's like, I don't want anything to stop me or get in my way. And when I imagine how I want to show up, it is with energy. Right. I'm very intentional about showing up in that way. Like I, I think it's important for me to show up in that way. And I think that it connects with people when I show up in that way. And so for me, I'm very clear on the vision of how I want to show up. I'm clear on how I want people to feel when they see me. And so it works. But mm-hmm. I think the key here is that it, it is my personality. Okay. And it works very, it just comes very easily and naturally to me. So for anyone listening, or even for you, if you're like, how do I create that level of energy? That level of energy might be fake for you. Right. If you're an introvert. You should be yourself. Yes. You should be the best, brightest, high vibe version of yourself. Whatever that looks like for you. Mm-hmm. But also remembering that you are putting on a show. Yeah. It's like... Yeah. I'm not going to come on this podcast and talk like this and be like, yeah, you know, yeah, I, yeah. I want, I want there to be like a dynamic nature to my voice and I want to, I'm going up and down. And right. if, if someone's visually seeing me, I'm going to be moving my hands because I want to communicate to them in every way that I'm happy that they're here. Right. And that, and that this is like a warm, fun place for them to be. So I think just getting clear on how you want to come across mm-hmm. and then practicing it and even like before you go live in a launch, just asking yourself like, what is the emotion that I want to come across to people? What is the energy that I want people to feel from me? And what are three ideas that I can come up with in my head right now that's going to help me embody that more? Mm-hmm. And whatever that looks like for you is, is going to be a good it fit, is. but it takes practice. Yeah, that does answer the question because you don't want to be fake. You want to bring no. your personality. You want to know... You should be clear on how you want to show up and practice. Practice definitely does help because I was talking to someone, a fellow colleague, and it's like I'm so out of practice with Facebook Live. It's like I do see the difference when I start trying to do it again. It's a bit rusty, but I know, it's, I know why. And I know that yeah. once I continue, I'll get back into my groove. And the other thing, well, yeah, you have to be yourself. Yeah. And know that yourself is enough. Mm. You don't have to look like someone else. Like you are so unique and individual in your own ways. The, your people are going to be drawn to that. You may have more of a calm nature. You mm. may be someone who speaks more slow. Like when I'm live, I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> and then also like, don't be afraid to watch yourself over. And oh, say, yeah. am I saying um too much? That's something that I really had to get better at. I used to say um all the time. I used to look off in the in like space all the time instead of like just looking into the camera. So little things like that, just being aware of how you're coming across on camera and having that self awareness, that can go a really long way. Mm. <sighs> That's good. That's really good. I am out of questions. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm glad that I answered all of your questions. <laughs> it was all so good. Um, okay, okay, so Alex, so I wanted to do like a lightning round the same way you do on your podcast because I think it's so fun. So I'm going to now put you in the hot seat and give you a taste of your own question. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! <laughs> all right, so first question. What is one thing you do that has been a non-negotiable in the success of your business? 
I think visualize. I think I'm very good at visualizing exactly what it is that I want. And oh, it's so hard to pick one thing. I think visualizing and then failing quickly. Like I'm really good at just like pushing forward, making decisions, taking action and failing. Okay. Share a mindset shift that made the biggest difference in your life as an entrepreneur. Mm. That making money can be easy. I think for for the first few years of my business, it's almost like I enjoyed the struggle. Like I liked struggling and I liked it to be hard and I liked working hard to like prove that I was worth it. Mm-hmm. I think as soon as I started shifting my mindset into being like making money can be easy and it's really just as simple as like one plus two equals three. Like when you start to look at business as like a math equation, all you're doing is solving someone's problem. All you need to do is find the person who has that problem and be able to communicate it to them how you can solve their problem and voila, there you go. So I think that was probably the biggest mindset shift for me. Fill in the blank. The world would be a better place if more people knew the world doesn't revolve around them. <laughs> <laughs> the book that changed your the book that changed your life was well, my life. Um, the book that changed my life was A New Earth by Eckhart Tolle. Oh, okay. I'll look it up. I love that book. It's so good. Okay, so challenge our listeners to do something. Give them an action step to do this week. This week, I want everyone (laughs) to, this is such a good question, Um, this week I want everyone to spend at least an hour visualizing their most ideal scenario in their business. I think sometimes it's so easy to just kind of like get caught up in the business that we stop dreaming and we stop visualizing like what's the next step for us and what is... What, what is it that, that we don't like about our current situation, you know, and, yeah. and what is it that we would like to lean more towards and how can we create more freedom and why did we create the business to begin with and business should oh. be fun and it should be a way for us to create more freedom in our lives and it, it, I think a lot of times can be something that feels super restricting to people. So I think giving yourself that hour to just have fun and play and visualize all the different possibilities is going to be very beneficial for your listeners. Oh, thank you, Alex. I love it. I love it. I love it. This was so good. So you guys got a taste of what you can experience on On Purpose with Alex Beatum. You guys better go check it out. These questions were sponsored by Alex. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. I really, really appreciate it, Cassia. Hey, did you enjoy today's podcast? Then do me a huge favor and spread the word about this podcast. All right, just screenshot, upload to your Instagram stories and tag me so that I know that you did it because your support matters. We need to spread the word about the podcast because if you enjoyed this podcast or it helped you in any way, we need to help others and I would love to get the word out and have it help someone else too. When you share this podcast, it allows the podcast to grow and it allows me to continue creating more content just like this for you. So screenshot, 
share to your stories and tag me. It will mean so much to me.